welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the 22nd week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers, it was not with any show of oratory or philosophy, but simply to tell you what God had guaranteed. During my stay with you, the only knowledge I claimed to have was about Jesus and only about him as the crucified Christ. Far from relying on any power of my own, I came among you in great fear and trembling, and in my speeches and the sermons that I gave, there were none of the arguments that belonged to philosophy, only a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. And I did this so that your faith should not depend on human philosophy, but on the power of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, I love your commands. Lord, I love your commands. Lord, how I love your law. It is ever in my mind. Your command makes me wiser than my foes, for it is mine forever. Lord, I love your commands. I have more insight than all who teach me, for I ponder your will. I have more understanding than the old, for I keep your precepts. Lord, I love your commands. I turn my feet from evil paths to obey your word. I have not turned from your decrees. You yourself have taught me. Lord, I love your commands. Alleluia, alleluia. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to bring good news to the poor. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as he usually did. He stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, and to the blind new sight, to set the downtrodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the assistant, and sat down. And all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to speak to them. This text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen. And he won the approval of all, and they were astonished by the gracious words that came from his lips. They said, This is Joseph's son, surely. But he replied, No doubt you will quote me the saying, Physician, heal yourself, and tell me, We have heard all that happened in Capernaum. Do the same here in your own countryside. And he went on, I tell you solemnly, no prophet is ever accepted in his own country. There were many widows in Israel, I can assure you, in Elijah's day, when heaven remained shut for three years and six months, and a great famine raged throughout the land. But Elijah was not sent to any one of these. He was sent to a widow at Zarephath, a Sidonian town. And in the prophet Elisha's time, there were many lepers in Israel, but none of these was cured, except the Syrian, Naaman. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They sprang to their feet and hustled him out of the town, and they took him up to the brow of the hill their town was built on, intending to throw him down the cliff, but he slipped through the crowd and walked away. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. At last, the Sunday cycle of Gospels and the weekday cycle of Gospels aren't in sync anymore. If you've noticed with the beginning of this uh, liturgical week, we've switched from Matthew's Gospel to Luke, and we're going to do that all the way to the end of the liturgical year. So we're starting now with Jesus' public ministry as given in Luke's Gospel. Um, And, you know, we're going to get some familiar stories, of course. We've gone from Matthew, one of the Synoptic Gospels, to Luke, but they've got a different flavor about them. So we're going to hit a lot of the same highlights, but in a different kind of tone, from a different angle. Matthew, Luke, they're each trying to present their own picture. So that's why there are often, you know, sort of subtle differences in the way a story is told or the emphasis that it's that's placed on it. And that in itself, I think, is something really interesting and, and something really fruitful for our own personal reflection. I'm also really happy because it means that um, we're not going to get the same gospel coming up on a Sunday and then a few days later on the weekday and then have to preach on it twice. So that's a plus. We start then with Jesus in Nazareth, Uh, and on the Sabbath, he goes to the synagogue. I mean, you can imagine how often Jesus must have done that, uh, every Saturday pretty much. And St. Luke kind of confirms that by saying, look, you know, Jesus did what he usually did. But this time, we hear these first words of Jesus' public ministry. He gets up, pulls out the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and then reads this. The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me, for he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring the good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, and to the blind new sight. 
to set the downtrodden free, to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. How fitting it is that the Son of God would take as the first words of his public ministry the word of God itself. It's a kind of programmatic statement. Jesus is sort of going, look, this is what I'm going to do. He'll do that for which he's been anointed. Now, it's important to remember, of course, um, in Greek, the word anointed one is Christos, Christ, which is the Greek rendering of the Hebrew word Mashiach, Messiah. So, you know, when Jesus is taking this quote from the prophet Isaiah that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed him, that it becomes a pretty explicit reference to being the anointed one, being the Christ. Interestingly, though, these aren't the first words that we hear come from Jesus' mouth in the Gospel of Luke. The first words of Jesus that we read in Luke are spoken to Mary and Joseph um, when they find the child Jesus in the temple after searching for him for those three days. He says, did you not know that I must be busy about my father's affairs? These first words are kind of an echo of what he says in Nazareth. He, the one anointed with the Holy Spirit, has been sent by the Father. For what? To be busy with the Father's affairs. And what are they? To bring good news to the poor. To proclaim liberty to captives and to the blind new sight. To set the downtrodden free. And to proclaim the Lord's year of favour. You see, the prophets had taught Israel to look to the future and to wait with expectation and hope that the promises made by the Lord would be you know, fulfilled. And here we see that the Lord Jesus inaugurates a new, a new day. He says this, he says, this text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen. And why has this today begun? Well, because he's there. Because of Jesus' presence. He's the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who was promised, and he's come. And it's the presence of Christ that brings about this new today. This text is being fulfilled today. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, In the letter to the Hebrews, um, we read this. Every day, as long as this today lasts, keep encouraging one another so that none of you is hardened by the lure of sin. How interesting. Every day, as long as this today lasts, there's a sense then that the today continues. That, you know, the today which Jesus inaugurates in Nazareth, it's it's not just a a 24-hour period, but it's a now which is marked by the presence of Jesus. The today which, you know, fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, that's still now. Because the Lord is present and active among us. Jesus is speaking to us now. Because those blind come to see the light of truth. Those held captive in sin are set free. The work of the Lord, it still continues. And in the church, the Lord is present among us. And the mission of the Messiah continues to unfold. The year of the Lord's favour is not yet spent because 
the today of the fulfillment of this promise of Jesus is not yet past. And so we need to grow in the awareness of the intimate presence of Christ here and now. He's present in order to accomplish the mission of the Messiah. We are the poor to whom he proclaims the good news. We are the blind to whom he gives new sight, the captives who receive liberty. We are the ones who are the beneficiaries of the year of the Lord's favour, this great outpouring of grace. And so coming into Christ's presence, you know, we place ourselves under his mission. You know, there's a picture that's presented in this gospel that really I, I find so striking. Having unrolled the scroll, read this part of the prophet Isaiah, he then rolls it back up, gives it back to the assistant and sits down. And then we read in Luke's gospel, and all eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. And, you know, Jesus, he's obviously aware that, you know, all eyes are on him because he addresses them again. He says, this text is being fulfilled today, even as you listen. I think that becomes a bit of a suggestion for us that the Lord's presence in his church has not disappeared. And we are the ones who now look towards Christ. We have our eyes fixed on him so that that text may indeed be fulfilled because that today continues now. And so we need to come to the Lord as the poor needing good news, as the captive needing liberty and the blind needing sight. He is truly present among us. So let us turn to him today. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey 
as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.